1: We've come in our study to the end of Revelation chapter 19 and over the last few times we've had together, we've been looking at our King, uh, the one who is coming. And uh, when he comes, wouldn't you imagine that everybody would just immediately yield and submit? No. Even when he comes at the very end, in all of his glory and splendor, there will be rebels. Satan is always a rebel and sin is always rebellion. And so at the end of Revelation chapter 19, we have a description of this final rebellion, this war to end all wars, referred to commonly as Armageddon. We've discussed it some already. But in Revelation 19, verses 17 to 21, we have a description of this conflict and, of course, of the final conquering. Verse 17 says, And I saw an angel standing in the sun, And he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. Do you see the word picture here? Imagine in your mind for just a moment buzzards circling. Do you see vultures And they're coming to feast on on the carcasses that are strewn everywhere. That's the picture that we're given here of a supper. It's referred to in Revelation 19, 17 as the supper of the great God. Now, before we go any further, let me just point something out. Do you see the two different suppers in Revelation 19? Back in verse 9, there was the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, in verse 17, there's the supper of the great God. You want to talk about two very different suppers. What's the difference? Well, the marriage supper of the Lamb is set in heaven. The, marriage su- or the supper of the great God is set on earth. The marriage supper of the Lamb is a celebration. The supper of the great God is judgment. The marriage supper of the Lamb is for the church. We're going to sit at His table. We're going to enjoy every good thing Christ has prepared for us. But the supper of the great God is no enjoyment at all. Instead, it is a devouring. It is a being-consumed those who come to the supper of the great God, if I might say it this way, are not, are not honored guests. No, instead, they are the ones being consumed. Uh, they are the supper. Uh, so there is a, a picture here of total, utter destruction and devastation. Verse 19 says, And I saw the beast, and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse, And against his army. Now let's stop here just a moment. You remember the one who came on the white horse? Who is that? Uh, That's our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the king. And we've seen that. And then the Bible says, against his armies. Well, who is that? That's us. As a matter of fact, if you back up to verse number 14, the Bible says, "...the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean." So he's on a white horse. We are on white horses. So he reveals who you're going to be with. You're going to be with the Lord. What you're going to be riding, a white horse. What you're going to be wearing, fine linen, white and clean. Isn't that glorious? All the the soil of sin removed. All the stains of this world. All the scars of this life gone. Now covered in the beautiful righteous robes of Jesus Christ. And then he reveals what it is you're going to witness. You're going to witness the war to end all wars. You're going to witness an entire rebellion of Satan's henchmen against the true and rightful king. The Bible says in verse 20, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. I want you to stop in your mind's eye try to see this scene just a moment. Because we've done a lot of study about the Antichrist. We've done a lot of study about the false prophet. But I want you to see their end. Look, this is sobering. Go to the end and work your way backward. If you want to see how it all ends, uh, the Antichrist and the false prophet, these two beasts of Satan uh, that did their worst on earth, that wrought havoc on this planet, this is where they're going. They're going to be cast into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the final verse of Revelation 19 says, And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. In other words, God is going to put down every enemy. No one can stand against the great God. It is the supper of the great God. There's no one greater than our God. There's no one that can stand against Him. Oh, you can reject Him now. You can rebel against Him. But in the end the king is going to rule and reign. In fact, I'm captivated by this imagery of the sword of his mouth, the sword of his mouth. Remember, all through Scripture, the sword is connected to the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, Ephesians 6 says, which is the Word of God. Hebrews talks about uh, that uh, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder soul and spirit, a discerner of the thoughts, and intense of the heart, It's a reminder that God has the last say and that all of God's Word is going to be fulfilled. Alexander White is someone I've enjoyed reading after. In fact, if you want to study Bible characters, you should should get what Alexander White wrote about Bible characters. uh, Tremendously rich and helpful. And I came across recently in my reading uh, some comments that Alexander White made Uh, in regards to what John Bunyan wrote about the Holy War. You know, Bunyan wrote so many things. He's most known for Pilgrim's Progress, but he wrote a book called The Holy War. And Alexander White making comments on what Bunyan wrote about about spiritual warfare and the, the final victory at the end. Here's what White said. May I just read it for a moment to you? I think this will encourage you. Alexander White said, Holy Scripture is full of wars and rumors of wars, the wars of the Lord the wars of Joshua and the judges, the wars of David with his and many other magnificent battle songs till the best known name of the God of Israel in the Old Testament is the Lord of Hosts. And then in the New Testament, we have Jesus Christ described as the captain of our salvation. And then the whole Bible is crowned with a book all sounding with battle cries till it ends with that city of peace where they hang the trumpet in the hall and study war no more. (laughs) When you read your Bible, you're going to see a lot of battles. Uh, From start to finish, it really started raging in the Garden of Eden, at least as it relates to humanity. And it comes all the way now to the end of our Bible, but there is coming a day, hallelujah, praise God, let's just stop and worship the Lord for a moment, uh, that the, the trumpet's going to be hung in the hall of heaven, and we're going to study war no more. You see, when the Lord's sword comes there'll be no more need for a sword. When the Lord finally puts down all of the enemies, there'll be no more reason for people to fight against one another and they certainly will not be able to fight against God. Yes, friends, the king is coming. And when he comes, he's coming as the conqueror. When he came the first time, he came in all humility. When he comes the last time, he's coming in all majesty. When he came the first time, it was to die. But when he comes the second time, it is to rule. When he came the first time, the world rejected him and most did not even recognize him. But when he comes the last time, everyone will know who he is. And everyone will acknowledge that our king is truly the king of kings and the Lord of lords. This is how it's all going to end. This is the war to end all wars because Christ is the victory.
0: The purpose of all Scripture is to see God. In Revelation, the curtain is pulled back and we are reminded not to simply look at world events, but to look to Christ. We hope you will join us next time as Scott Pauley continues our study through this amazing book of the Bible. You may also join us right now for additional studies and a library of helpful resources at enjoyingthejourney.org you will find several new features at our online home, and we trust they will be a blessing to you as you walk with God. Plan to visit us each day at enjoyingthejourney.org, and we look forward to returning to Revelation on our next broadcast. Keep your eyes on Christ and look up. The King is coming.